Hello, and thank you for listening to the Founders Corner podcast, hosted by AJ Prasad. Join AJ as he sits down with business owners from around the world to discuss their business struggles. As an entrepreneur and proud owner of many seven-figure web-based businesses, AJ has dedicated himself to helping businesses of all shapes and sizes grow. If you would like to reach out to AJ, fill out the form on our site. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Founders Corner podcast. This is AJ and with me I have Amanda Freik. Amanda is the owner of Amanda Louise Swimwear. Uh, she started Amanda Louise in 2014 as a way to nurture her creative side, follow her passion for fitness and, passion and fashion, and empower women to live a beautiful life. How are you today, Amanda? I am wonderful. How are you doing today, AJ? I'm doing fantastic. So uh, let's hear a little bit about your business and its successes. Sure. So as you mentioned, I started Amanda Louise somewhere in 2014, um, primarily because I was a fitness competitor doing um, bodybuilding competitions. And um, I had ordered a swimsuit that was appropriate for those competitions online, received it, and felt that I had overpaid for under quality. So I decided to start sewing my own. I had um, a sewing background from being a child, and um, it blossomed into this wonderful business that it is today. We make fitness swimwear for girls all over the country, um, and more recently, we have gotten demand for creating beachwear and resortwear, so bikinis that you you know would wear to the pool or something like that, not just the very high-end Swarovski-colored bikinis that we put on the stages, and so. We're at a very big uh, shifting point in the business, but we are very excited um, to how much we're growing so quickly. That is really uh, fantastic. So uh, where are you selling most of your product? How are you selling your product to right now? So I'd say we're about half and half. So half is online um, with our biggest um, marketing channel being actually Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. The other half is in person locally uh, in Arizona where I'm based from. Okay. So when you say in person, uh, so you go and give a demo to the site? Um, the girls actually, what they'll do is they'll usually hear me through word of mouth. Um, I'm the only custom suit maker in Tucson right now um, mm-hmm. that's really kind of playing big on the scene. So a lot of these girls who compete in these competitions have coaches or teams that they're on, and people on those teams will recommend them to me. And then because the suits that we make for the stage are all custom cut and custom fit, they'll actually schedule appointments with me um, to come look at the fabrics and look at the crystals and the different um, design elements that we put onto the suits um, and do that whole process in person. So that's interesting. So, so in person, I understand. So how do they customize it on the website online? So um, more recently, what I've done is I offer free, what I call design consultations, which are just 20 minute, either Skype or phone call or FaceTime sessions with me, where we talk about um, you know, what they want their overall style to be on stage, what color hair do they have, you know, if you're a redhead, maybe we don't put you in hot pink, right? Um, and then I also do what we call design proposals, where girls can send me Um, a little bit about themselves, they send me pictures, what they're thinking about, and I put together three customized design options for them um, that they can either choose from or tweak. And then there's actually a third option, which I'm not as involved in, where I have a collection of what we call pre-designed suits on the website, Mm -hmm. um, which can give them an idea of which direction they want to go, and then they can tweak those 
built into the website and just order it. So I want this suit, but I want it to be blue instead of red. Huh. So 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 typically, if you are giving twenty minutes, uh, you know, of your time <laughs> for anyone who wants to, uh, you know, to talk about what they need. So how scalable it is? How many hours do you uh, have to spend on for each order? So at this point, I used to do everything myself, um, which having a full-time day job and now a newborn um, was not very scalable. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, at this point, I have one contracted seamstress who helps with all the cutting and sewing um, when I get overwhelmed, which is pretty much all the time now. Um, mm -hmm. And then I also have one girl that I contract out. Um, we call her a crystal design specialist, but what that really means is she helps with um, the Swarovski crystals that go onto the suit because all of those are hand placed one by one, which is wildly time consuming. So now in today's situation, um, I'll have that 20 minute phone call and then um, probably up to about an hour of just communications that happen throughout the process. Um, mm -hmm. And then probably another 30 minutes at the end to do the final fit of the suit. Okay. Okay. So I, I understand the business model. So let's, uh... Let's talk about your questions that you okay. have. Okay, perfect. So my first one is about finances, um, which is where I struggle the most with my business because it's such a passion project for me that, quite honestly, I wasn't even keeping track of my books as good as I should have for the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting to the point where we're growing rapidly. Um, I'm making some major investments in my business. Um, to expand and to look at, or not look at, we are creating what's called in the fashion world a ready-to-wear line, meaning that it's, it's mass manufactured and ready to wear, right? It's not something that's custom done. Um, okay. So what are your thoughts around financing large capital projects? Because I've had an investor approach me who, you know, would be kind of a great investor for my situation, but I'm really nervous about giving up equity. I thought about the business loan route. I thought about credit cards, and I'm just curious to hear your perspective on for a small business who's you know still in the very beginning stages of growing revenue. Kind of which direction is the best way to go? Okay, so again, this particular answer, what I'm going to give you is going to be, it can vary from person to person, right? So it is, it's basically uh, what is your philosophy and I personally because I also started the small business and I still own several small businesses I'm a big believer in in not looking for finance you know I never took any financing from outside which I could have uh, based on my uh, network you can say and the experience uh, before I prior to starting my business and I personally don't believe in uh, taking uh, you know loan and I would or even the equity investment until my business model is is so well well defined that I know that all I need to do is pump some money and I get you know certain X in return okay. so so until I have everything figured out so so for example if you had uh, uh, at this stage if you had a million dollars worth of order or ten million dollars worth of order and then the and the, and your challenge is how do I fulfill that because I don't have the finances I need whatever two million dollars to fulfill this ten million dollar order 
Now, at that stage, if you are looking for financing, I can understand that. And it's, you know, and then at that stage, whether you take a loan or you invest again, that you know, those are depending on where the goals are. Uh, you know, you want to do it if if your goal is to grow from 10 million to 100 million then you definitely want the the investor because then then you are you won't have to you know pay back the loan or interest right. from the income that you're making but personally until you are you have you are so clear and you and you can see the path very clearly where you're going i would not take uh, uh, investment now the two things will happen if you can see the path very clear then of course you will have to give up less equity if you are getting funding uh, and then also the the what i have seen from you know financing and by the way one of the experience i had was in the you know and, and i don't even know how old you are and, and whether you were in uh, where you were but there was this mm -hmm. big dot com boom uh, back in uh, late 90s right uh, and then i was in the Silicon Valley where the funding was so easy that you just walk in and people will be chasing you with the checkbook that how much you need and I saw such massive uh, amount of waste and I still see the same thing and anytime when I'm looking at uh, funded companies I just see this there's a lack of discipline uh, and you know unless the the path is very clear so of course if you get funded to uh, you get money to fund your, uh, you know, the product to fulfill fulfill a purchase order. It's a it's a then then you don't have a chance to say hey, you know let let me spend another whatever fifty thousand dollars to get a better logo and you know right. that unfortunately uh, small business owner thinks that it's really critical but it's not. Right. So, so oh, that, that is so helpful. Yeah. So that, so that is my my philosophy personally. I like to only talk about getting funding and I, I I did there was a time when when I did take take some loan and it was a very high interest loan uh, but I knew why I was doing it and what a very specific purpose and and I knew that when I was going to pay it back and which I did which was in less than one year uh, so so again but I, this is like a personal philosophy but all I will tell you is you have to be very disciplined at this stage. It always, everything, uh, you know, you, you cannot chase all the shiny objects that come, <laughs> come around because there, a lot of them will be coming uh, around you. Right. And that, that is so helpful and very much brings some clarity to it for me because I've heard quite a few investment strategies and I feel like a lot of small business owners think they need a ton of capital in the beginning to grow. And I've, had a little bit of an internal struggle with that, thinking I could probably be a little more scrappy and get by. Um, and putting it in the perspective of once you see where you're going and you know you can get there, okay, then get the funds to get there. Correct. That exactly. makes way more sense. Okay, that that is exactly what I needed to hear. So thank you for that. Okay. You're <laughs> um, so another question I have is um, so the fitness swimwear market is not intensely saturated yet there's definitely some big names and some smaller names I'd say that I'm kind of in the middle right now and I feel pretty comfortable in that market 
making the jump into the regular swimwear market um, is wildly saturated. And my ideal customer, I've done a lot of work around, you know, creating my avatar, my, my ideal girl. Um, Fantastic. She is pretty much the same as my ideal customer in the fitness world, just with a different spin, right? Because I'm selling her a different product. But I'm feeling very overwhelmed just because the market is so saturated. And I was wondering if you have some guidance around, um, some mindset guidance around entering such a saturated market and also any tips or tricks um, to help me in increase my credibility as I step into this new market. So as a small uh, business owner, I am, uh, I am very big on you have to kind of create, you know, define your market and only market that you can dominate. Because if you go after the market where you can do a little bit better than others or, uh, you know, maybe prettier than others and everything, that is always like a losing uh, battle. That then, then very often you will end up, you know, fighting those uh, people on pricing and, and, and you know, the, the things that you, as a business, you don't want to do. So, so you want to, to first define your market and small is fine. Uh, you know, just define a market and then just own it. Uh, you, you know, I always tell, uh, and then, then you can grow from there. If once you have a market that you have completely, uh, you know, own that, you are the leader, then, then you can figure out, you know, where else you can do, but you always want to be, you know, the, the, you know, the lead player whatever market market you you are going in uh, I, i'll give you a good example that you i'm sure that you have heard of is facebook where they did not uh, went out to fight myspace which was a big company at that time uh, you know he started uh, zuckerberg did it like with started with harvard and then expanded it when he owned harvard expanded it to ivy league when he owned that then he he expanded to all the students only, so the university students, you had to add .edu email ID to even register. And then, then at some point when he had all the momentum, then he just opened up. So again, I'm not suggesting that you should be thinking about building a, a Facebook, which is this, nothing bad, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but, uh, but getting, because of what I told you, so trying to get into a, a broader swimwear market where now you are competing with hundreds of other players and uh, and unless you can you can clearly say why you are different okay i would not suggest that you get into that that business so so just being a little bit better than someone else generally speaking will not uh, you know it Getting some, uh, uh, it will be very difficult for you to even convey that message why you are right. better, right? right. Because uh, so, so I think that that's where uh, you know my suggestion is that you you need to you know very much like start to uh, look at the niches, mm -hmm. what niche, niche that you want in the swimwear line, and then dominate. You have to find a create a category of your own that you can dominate if you're right, not a dominant player um, it will be a struggle I can yeah. uh, I can tell you that so my suggestion 
and and given that if you are right now thinking what just expanding into swimwear line where you have so many people that's not even funny you will have a very difficult time breaking through and especially as a small company because the right. big companies can do a lot of pushes through the tv and all that uh, for a small business it becomes very hard unless you have something that totally stands out which is right. different yeah and i think the the one the angle i think i'm i'm going after which i think your comment just solidified that in my mind is that so the general swimwear market obviously is super saturated and huge uh, the companies that specifically target the female athletes in the fitness competition world right we just took like multi multi millions and brought it down to a mm -hmm. minuscule amount of women um, there are only a few companies who target these women most of them are ones who do the fitness competitions somewhere like I do um, mm -hmm. but their crossover suits is kind of just what I call them but their their beachwear stuff that's not stage wear is definitely very different from mine I'm going for a very high-end luxury sort of branding where most so the other ones are kind of more fun and spunky. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, I guess it's more of a question. Considering that I'm taking the huge market and focusing very much on a very tiny sliver of that market to try to dominate, that's the right idea, right? Yeah, that's definitely okay. the right idea. Okay, perfect. Um, and then how about just kind of some general tips, because I very much believe in taking strategies from other markets and applying them to my market, because now they're new and fresh, right? Mm -hmm. um, is what are some tips and strategies that you have for going in and dominating the market? So, um, you know, you, in order to dominate the market, of course, you have to start with the customer, right? You know, why you are creating this for your customer, which you have already uh, figured out at least for your market segment okay and then then you have to focus you know on their particular demand so which means that you have to keep on improving based on as as the market uh, um, you know market evolves so 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 you know for from marketing perspective you have to understand the customer philosophy or you know their psychology why uh, and and you have to, what you, you need to do is explain to them why you are different and why they need you, okay? You know, which is, which is a, a very interesting challenge because when, if you think about it, how do you, uh, you, are, you have to convince a, your customer that they need your product, not, you know, your, your competitor, right? Uh, and the way you do that is, of course, you you are different from your competitor, like 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 you are, and and you have to push that, and almost you have to explain to people that that you you know what you your different point of differentiation, why why you are different, is what is what they need, because once they understand that they, they need you know what your product is, which is of course has to be, then all of a sudden. Uh, when they so you become an expert uh, of this area that you have created of, of the product for the reason so anyone who who agrees with the logic with the reason of why they need it in, you know you become the only player for them so that that's what and if you look at a large company that's very easy to see if you if you look at 
Apple, I mean, you know, it's going to be different. So whether it is iPhone that came up and said, Canadian company, I'm forgetting that. It's going to be different is I'll make it so easy for you to use all the features so that, uh, you know, you don't have to be, have a PhD in programming to use. Them. Then, then as a result, everyone that's people like, like me is like, okay, I don't have a PhD in uh, program smartphone for me. So you have to, to like I said, uh, for your category, you you build the reason which has to resonate with the uh, with your um, customer, with your ideal customer. And once once that happens, you have won the battle because now you will be the only when they look turn around and say, yeah, I need a new somewhere for whatever for this competition because they already you know they are sold on why they need this kind of swim is the only one who can make it available. Right, okay, and I'm, I'm like scribbling down the head ideas and jolting through my mind right now and I'm writing them down. Okay, um, good. Yeah, that is great. Yeah, I just, sometimes it just takes someone telling you to really spark that inspiration. Oh, tell me about it. Every time I read a book, <laughs> I, I come up with five things that, which is common sense, but I'm like, why the heck I'm not doing this you know, for my business. So I have to keep a notebook next to my bed so that I can reach over and write notes as I'm reading books in bed. As, as a matter spark. of fact, you know, we have a similarity. I have a notebook next to the bed and believe it or not, you know, there are times when I will have a dream about some solution and I'll wake up and I will just, just write it even in the dark. I, right, I would, right. And it's like crooked and sideways. And, yeah. Correct, correct. But <laughs> because I don't want to miss out on you know, a, a good idea that I dreamt about and I woke up with. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I do that all the time. That's so funny. Um, speaking of books, this is not on my initial list of questions to ask you, but I would now love to ask, is there a um, small business or mindset book that you have read recently that you would recommend? Okay. So, so Amanda, uh, a yeah. lot of things that I told you, you will find uh, – here, which, like I said, it, these things are always uh, verification. Uh, it, the, the name of the book is Play Bigger. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and you know, it's very interesting. It says how pirates, dreamers, and innovators create and dominate markets. And there are a bunch of authors, you know, Al Ramadan, Dave Peterson, Christopher Lockhead, Kevin Manny, I had never heard of any of the authors. But, but like I said, I this was, uh, I was reading an article in Forbes magazine where uh, they recommended this, so I, I bought that uh, on Amazon. So I think if you do it on Amazon, play bigger, you will find it. So, so it, this is a very interesting book. And then another book that you, if you have not read it, I suggest to everyone uh, as a small business owner is uh, a book um, you know, it's by Peter Thiel. Uh, it is called Zero to One. And I you know who Peter that. Thiel okay. is, right? I do not, actually. Oh, he's, the, he's one of the co-founders of PayPal. And, oh, okay. Uh, and since then, uh, he, he has created, like, multiple billion-dollar companies. It's just just amazing guy. Okay. Uh, he's on SpaceX. Uh, he has a company called Palantir, which is supposed to go public. I mean, you know. Like, and very young and very amazing uh, guy. So his book, Zero to One, I read was very good. And the funny thing is that if you read this play bigger, uh, you will start to see that theme is very consistent. Uh, I, again, Peter Thiel, uh, one thing that I read 
in that book that kind of opened my my mind and again it's a reminder he is he hates competition so peter thiel is like hey you know you want to be the monopoly <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> you know, which is a bad word but uh, if you think about it there is there are so many laws against monopoly and he said if you are going to be in a business just you you want to be a monopoly and and again if you extend that to what we taught the way you monopolize is you just have to pick a market that you uh, you know it doesn't have to be the whole world it could be just you know a segment of whatever 10000 swimmers or you know 100000 swimmers but you right. just want to own the monopoly instead of competing with bunch of other people right ah that is so great and i am definitely going to download both of those before my flight this evening that sounds very good that is great um okay do we have time for one more question a question and then i will just ask you for your information so that if someone wants to contact you they can contact i do ask every single one of my girls how did you hear about me 90% of girls who find me online are coming in through instagram correct so and i it makes sense to me because what i do is very visual instagram is very visual so it's a it's a good you know place for me to be online do you have any strategic tips around Instagram specifically that you have seen working for small businesses? You, you know, uh, most of the very successful, uh, you know, the companies who are very uh, who have gained success through uh, social media, no matter what platform, whether it's uh, Instagram, it's, it's Facebook, they have created a a, a big following. So on, you know, on your Instagram profile. you know what you want to do is is i don't know how many followers do you have right now so on my competition swimmer page i have i think like 10.2 or 10.3000 mm -hmm. um and then we just started a new page just for the beach wear so that's only got a couple hundred because it's literally been live for i think 6 days correct so so i think that the uh, one of the things that you want to do is see how you can how you can in, in, increase that the number and how do you engage with with people uh you know the 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 big thing is being uh, on the top of the mind uh, of of uh, of your customers uh, i have like another service uh, business that that i own uh, it's it's a transcription business not for medical or anything that's for professors and students and businesses and, and uh, we get at least 50 if not more uh, percent of all new customers through uh, referral and we don't even ask for referral but what what we what happens is because it is transcription is the kind of thing that when they need it they come and ask us and when we do a good job so if anyone asks them for to and and say you know do you need a do you know any transcription company even if it is a year later they would remember because it is so hard to get the right company in there so now for in in your business uh, what you want to do is just just create you, you have to you have to understand what is the driving uh, force behind the people that uh, you know that are your follower and you have to engage them and you you build that community you engage them you get their feedback on new designs for example when when you have anything new even with with the swimwear when you're launching 
I would just put it up there and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm just getting your feedback. What do you think about this? Uh, you know, where where can I I I sell it? And the more you can engage your community, they are the ones who will become your spokesperson. So on social media, that's the biggest thing is how do you build your community? How do you engage them? And they become your sounding board. They become your advocate, right? You know, they are the ones who are talking about you, and that and so that's that's what I would do is is whatever the number has that you have ten thousand is is pretty darn good number but of course it can be increased I'm sure that you'll agree so right. so just just focus on on improving that focus on engaging them and and like I said make them uh, your almost like your consultant uh, and you know it's a free consulting so, yeah. <laughs> so it even cost free is you. good. Yeah, free is good. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, that's what I, I would, uh, you know, you can just build upon that community. Don't even worry about, oh, you know, can I do Facebook and all those things. Uh, again, uh, in terms of marketing, I've always said that you pick a channel and dominate it. Yeah. And before you, uh, you know, worry about the other, other channels. Yeah, and I actually, I was listening to one of your episodes last night, and I heard you make that statement as I was writing a Facebook ad when I knew. No, I need to be on Instagram. Okay. And, and I close the window. I go, nope, we're going to go back to Instagram and focus on that. So Wonderful. I am appreciating that advice and taking it to heart. Um, and, you know, and I've started to use them as a sounding board a little bit more lately, but I will definitely, after this conversation, be putting more effort into that and really trying to up the engagement level. Yeah. And, and you'll be surprised, you know, how, uh, you know, good information you'll get because these are your ideal customer. So, right. So they will give you feedback that is uh, that's going to be wonderful and again the more they are engaged the more they become your advocate yes which is exactly what i need exactly right wonderful well thank you i feel very enlightened okay fantastic so so amanda um, what um, what i would ask you to do is uh, you know just let our audience know if they want to reach you if they want to get your website you know how do they uh, how can they reach you or, or buy your product? Um, so our website is uh, com, and Louise is L-O-U-I-S-E. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Instagram.com backslash AmandaLouiseSwimwear. Um, same thing for Facebook, and both of those channels also have new accounts for the Beachwear line, and that is Amanda Louise Beach. And if you want to reach me, um, you can uh, hit me an email at amandalouiseswimware at gmail.com. Okay, fantastic. So it was great talking to you, Amanda, and uh, and and uh, good luck with your business. It looks like you have a wonderful thing going. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate being here today and the opportunity to talk with you. And, and hopefully next time when we connect, uh, this is your day job. Yes, that is absolutely the goal. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Founders Corner Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you're listening through one of these programs, visit our main page at www.gmrwebteam.com forward slash the Founders Corner.